I love you, Wade Wilson. We can fight this. You're right. The cancer's only my liver, lungs, prostate, and brain. It's all things I can live without. What if I told you we can make you better? You're a fighter. We can give you abilities most men only dream of. Make you a superhero. You just promise you'll do right by me, so I can do right by someone else. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. One thing that never survives this place is a sense of humor. Uh, we'll see about that, Pop Spice. Oh, come on. You gonna leave me all alone here with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? Hello, and welcome to Viva La Action, the action movie podcast where we're talking about all things action movies. The good, the bad, and the underrated. My name is Santi, and with me as always is my co-host, it's Grayson. What's up? Hello, it's me. Hello. What's up? Uh, not much. What's up with you? Not much. Just, just straight chilling. Honestly, sweet. Yeah. Um, we were just discussing our our morning um, bowel movements. <laughs> yeah. So, if anybody was curious how close of friends we are, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We talk we talk about our bowel movements more than <laughs> two people probably should. But yeah. That's okay. It's a lovely morning here. It is. Um. It's a crisp, probably like 50 degrees outside. In, yeah. Is it February yet? Nope. It's, Jan- nope. it's still January. It's, yep. Um, but that's okay because uh, by the time this, oh no, this comes out tomorrow. I was going to say, by the time this comes out, um, it'll be uh, Valentine's Day-ish. Yeah. Um, Ish. But that's not true. We're still a good nope. two weeks away. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Um, but regardless uh this is kind of our valentine's day special episode yeah um and uh uh as such uh we decided to watch a film with a romantic plot yeah one Uh, of the most romantic movies i think actually actually you're probably right um (laughs) second only to um i think 2017's venom uh, yeah, oh. probably <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. a much more romantic film yes. um but uh we're not talking about venom we are in fact talking about 2016's deadpool um which is a film directed by tim miller with a script by rhett reese and paul wernick the uh character of deadpool which this film is based on was created by the writer fabian nicieza and the artist Rob Liefeld. Um, we will return to Rob Liefeld in a minute. Um, okay. The film Deadpool stars Ryan Reynolds as the titular Wade Wilson uh, with support from Ed Scrain, um, Marina Baccarin, <laughs> TJ Miller, and Brianna Hildebrand. The film carries an impressive 85% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, with an even more impressive 90% audience score. And uh, Deadpool does not pass the Bechdel test, unfortunately. Nope. Not necessarily a mark against it, but just something to be aware yep. of. Yep. Um, and finally, the synopsis from IMDb. A wisecracking mercenary gets experimented on and becomes an immortal, yet hideously scarred, and sets out to track down the man who ruined his looks. 
Bum, bum, bum. That sort of sums it up. It leaves out a lot, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's um, a lot more that goes on in there, but yeah. Uh, but before we we get into the background of this movie and and our our uh, deeper thoughts on it, uh, what what do you think of this movie? I love it. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever created. Okay, <laughs> it's so good. It is very good, and I I should say this was your suggestion. Um, this is one of the rare double headers where we've both seen this film before. Yeah. Um, this wasn't a new experience for either of us, but I don't know. When was the last time you watched this movie? Oof. Probably like a year or two. Oh, okay. I I don't think I've. I think the last time I watched it. It was probably in college. Like, I think... Really? Yeah, it, it probably would have been... I think it was when you and I lived together. It was one of those times where you just... I think you were just watching it or something like that. Okay. And I just... I caught most of it. Or maybe... Because I know we watched the second one together. Yeah. I hadn't seen it when it came to, to Blu-ray. Um, So maybe maybe we did a double feature. So I don't remember. But... So, uh, something like that. Yeah, I haven't seen it in many years. Um... And I was surprised by how much I still enjoy it. I mm. I thought maybe it wouldn't age too well. And I think there's some stuff in it that hasn't aged great. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I I think it's much better than the second one. And that's fair. I, I haven't seen the second one in a long time, but I, I remember liking the first one a lot more. And I also think it's a lot better than a lot of superhero stuff that has come since. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I was going to say, so originally I was going to lead into this episode by saying, I was I was going to make a crack and say that how funny is it that our first superhero uh, film that we cover is like a spoof of superhero movies? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I can't actually say that because technically we talked about Constantine, which That's is a true. superhero comic book film. Um, yeah. So on a technicality, I can't make that joke, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it's a good movie. I, I I really enjoyed it. I yeah, I I think I think you need a lot of context to enjoy it. Um, that maybe your average movie fan doesn't have. Yeah. Um, but even saying that, I mean, it it made like a billion dollars. So yeah. what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie, and I think yep. as a love story, it it works very well. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. This is one of my my favorites. Um, I also do really like the second one. I when the second one came out, um, I've said this before. The first one is like the Deadpool movie we wanted. Yeah. The second one is the Deadpool movie we needed, because okay. the first one is kind of like. You know, it, it's the one that we wanted. It's like, it's everything that people think Deadpool is. Yeah. The second one dives deeper into his, like, mental state and, like, deeper into who actually is Wade Wilson and his, like, trauma and all of that kind of stuff. Um, because Wade Wilson is a horribly traumatized and damaged person. Um, yeah. And so the the second one does a really good job, I think, of touching on all of that. Um, I do really like the second one. I love Cable. I think it's. I think mm. they one did a great job casting Cable, um, and that that character is just fun. Um, yeah, 
I think I I see where you're coming from. I think it's just for me the second one is is too I guess for me the second one is not as tight as the first one. That's I think, fair. I I think the first one relies less heavily on the audience knowing a lot about comic books. I guess. Yeah. Because the the second one, like you said, it, it includes characters like Cable and Cable. I mean, they do a good job in the movie of explaining who he is, but if you don't know who Cable is, like going in, it doesn't make a big difference to you, especially if you don't know that he is he's the son of a character and the clone of another character and he's got a weird tech virus and but he can also control things with his mind yeah and he can time travel and it's like he's this insane character with this insane backstory that they kind of have to like movieify like they kind of don't really explain who he is in the movie i mean they sort of do but they sort of don't yeah Um, whereas i think with this first one it is an origin story but it's also just like the sort of self-contained narrative like you 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 have a beginning middle and end and it it plays around a lot with like superhero tropes but it also feels just like a really good superhero movie in and of itself but on a much smaller scale yeah um so i don't know it it's just personal preference i think which one you like better but yeah um yeah i think this one it surprised me with how well it's it's held up because i mean i just realized today it's it's Next month it'll be eight years old. The first yeah, sequel. yeah, um, which is kind of surprising. It doesn't feel like it came out that long ago. I know. Yeah, it, you know, it only feels like it's been like three or four years since it came out. But yeah, nope. Yeah. Um, well, now that we both feel old, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's time that we uh, we we stop here acknowledge that moving forward we will be spoiling the rest of the film yeah um if you've somehow missed this one and you and you're listening to this for the first time um personally i would say stop this go watch it i i can recommend this um i i would say my recommendation comes with some small caveats one being i think you'll like this more if you do like superhero movies um yeah like if you have a general knowledge of Marvel movies and more specifically like the X-Men films, um, I think you'll get more out of this than if you're just a casual movie fan. And two, just be just be aware that a lot of the humor is very crass yes. and and childish, but I think it's childish with a certain degree of irony, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I could see how some people could perceive this as having like a stupid sense of humor, um, which I can understand is not some people's taste. So I would, I would just say right. if you're not a fan of two, those two things, you could maybe give this a miss. But otherwise, yeah, 100 percent. I would recommend somebody go. watch. Yeah, it. same. And I, I would also say just content warning, mm-hmm. like you were saying, there's a lot of strong language, um, yeah. a lot of strong language. Um it's a little bit more gory than your average Marvel movie. Yeah, um, a little bit. Um, mainly because Wade Wilson or Deadpool, uh, he he kills. Uh, yeah. He has he does not have a no kill rule. Um, 
so it's not like other superheroes where they just knock him out or just kind of rough him up a little bit. Yeah. He straight up there's one dude he just cuts in half. Well, so yeah. yeah. Um and then uh also lots of nudity. There is a lot of nudity. Um it's mostly Ryan Reynolds who is nude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they do they do go to a strip club, lots of titties. Yeah. Um but yes, we there Ryan is also just he's he's dick naked. Balls out. Yeah, he he's he is naked for a lot of this movie. I saw so I saw a fun fact and I was going to save this for later, but um I just think it's interesting to talk about. So there's a scene kind of in the middle of the movie where uh so Wade Wilson discovers he you know, he's this mercenary character. He discovers he has um cancer. Um the cancer that he has is quite vague. And in fact, they say that it's in his, what is it? His heart, brain, prostate, and lungs. Yeah. Um, which I'm fairly certain could not happen in real life, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I guess, I guess you could have four different kinds of cancer simultaneously. Uh, yeah. Um, you really just, just rolled bad on that. <laughs> uh, but regardless, so he discovers he has cancer. Um, and in order to cure it, he he decides to undergo this kind of vague experimentation to unlock um, his mutant genes. Um, and once he does, you know, once those he kind of goes through this torturous uh, uh, process undergone by the villain. His name is Ajax. Um, and anyway, Deadpool decides to make his escape because he kind of discovers the whole thing is a uh, a scam. Mm-hmm. And so he he causes a fire in this facility. And during that, there is this action sequence where Ryan Reynolds is naked and he's he's fighting in this burning warehouse. Um, and I read this fun fact that so during that sequence, you know, he, he is he was wearing a bodysuit basically that had like, you know, the scars on it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the the bodysuit basically was like a Ken doll. Right. So it basically yeah. just downstairs is just bare right basically like he was wearing wearing underwear yeah um but when they were editing it they noticed they were like it just something feels like wrong right like and they couldn't figure out why like it just felt weird so they actually like created a cgi penis (laughs) and (laughs) nice and animated it onto him and you can't really see it like it maybe appears in one shot or two shots yeah they were like i don't know it just felt weird without it um and so that that, that's a fun fact for you if you go back and watch that scene um ryan reynolds has a uh cgi dong um you can't really see it but apparently it felt weird to not have it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there, there's one, I think there's one good shot where you do, like, kind of clearly see it. Yeah. The rest of it is, like, you know, clever leg placement or, yeah. you know, set dressing to cover. Um, right. But, yeah, you do. There are a couple. That's hilarious, though. Yeah. I like to think that they're sitting there. They're like, what the fuck is missing? <laughs> what What is wrong with this? And then some jackass in the back is went, where's his penis? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, they're like, That's it. Yeah. That, so, I just, we were talking about people being naked and that yeah. occurred to me. Um, but to bring it back a little bit. So before this movie came out, were you aware of Deadpool, the character? Yes. 
You were? Okay. Yes. Um, how much do you know about his his comic book backstory? I know a little bit, probably. I know probably more than the average person, but I know less than the average comic book reader. Okay. Because I don't read a whole lot of comics. I have a few, and I've read a few comic uh, or Deadpool comics in particular. Um, yeah. And I know a little bit about his like canon in universe, like backstory and all of that, but I don't know a whole lot. Okay. Um, well, if, this may be some stuff that you you know. This may be some stuff that you've never heard of. Um, but for those listening who don't really know too much about Deadpool, um, so he was created in the the 1990s. Um, like I said, he was created by primarily by this guy named Rob Liefeld. Mm-hmm. Um, who he was this kind of hot shot young uh comic book artist in the 90s. Um, he once referred to himself as the Michael Jordan of comic books. Um, which okay. is a bold statement. <laughs> yeah, that I that almost feels like the Beatles saying they're like Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um and and people would probably recognize his art. Um, he's he he was famous for creating kind of a very dynamic art style um but you, if you look at it now it is very signature like 90s comic book where every man is basically just a dorito with like <laughs> giant hulking arms and biceps um, yeah. every woman looks like a stiff breeze would knock them right over um <laughs> i mean they have feet that are basically like barbie feet you know just yeah. like whatever um just giant boobs um and yeah. every every character has two guns that are <laughs> are basically microwaves just <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um and that that's rob liefeld's art um you know it's just a, the 90s in comic books was just marked by extremism i mean just yeah. like everything was as big and as bloody and as insane as it could be um and that's kind of where deadpool comes in uh, Liefeld originally created him because he was working for Marvel at the time and he wanted a character like Spider-Man, um, but he wasn't able to work on Spider-Man. So he kind of combined a bunch of characters that he liked into one. So um, Deadpool is kind of a combination of uh, Spider-Man kind of in his outfit um, he's a combination of Wolverine, kind of in his powers, and then he's also a combination of um, uh, Snake Eyes from GI Joe. Um, <laughs> and Snake Eyes is like the ninja character; he's got the yep. two swords. Mm-hmm. Um, so in his design, he's kind of a combination of those three characters. Um, but then his 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 power set and, and all that stuff. Um, he also got from uh, uh, there's a, a DC Comics character called Deathstroke. Yes. Um, and Deathstroke um, was a, a famous Teen Titans villain. Um, he's also a masked ninja. Um, and he's got a very similar outfit. Um, Slade Wilson is the name of Deathstroke. <laughs> yep. And yep. kind of as an inside joke, um, Rob Liefeld named Deadpool Wade Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, with the idea being that if they were to ever cross over... It could be hinted at that maybe they were distant brothers or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Deadpool is is kind of from the outset like this. He's kind of a a weird mishmash, but he's also kind of a spoof of yeah. 
uh, other comic book characters. And and Grayson can see me. People on the YouTube probably can't. I'm just riffing right now. This is all just in the back of my head knowledge. Off the dome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, that's all just to say that that's kind of where Deadpool comes from. Um, but one of the hallmarks of Deadpool, and, and we see it in this movie, is that from his very early stages, Deadpool has always been kind of a comedic character. Um, Merc with a mouth. He's the mer- he's the Merc with a mouth. Um, he's, he's more of an anti-hero than he is a, a traditional hero. Um, but at the same time, he's also kind of a spoof of anti-heroes. Um, and one of his hallmarks is that he, he is aware that he is a comic book character. Yes. <laughs> so, um, he's actually not the first character to do that. Um, he's preceded by a couple others, but most notably in Marvel, actually She-Hulk, um was one oh, of the first right. one of the first comic book characters to be aware that she's in a comic book um she often would break the fourth wall um she was known for like you know if if a character you know was in a different panel and she didn't know how to get to it she would just walk through the panel <laughs> um yeah. you know fun stuff like that and De- so deadpool kind of um follows on from that tradition because he's very similar he you know if if Oftentimes in comic books, if Deadpool has a problem, um, he would sometimes just be like, oh, wait, I'm in a comic book and then do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, he often has conversations with the writer and the artist. Um, he He's known for there was a, a, a period of time where Deadpool would have an internal monologue kind of on the comic book page. And then he started to disagree with his internal monologue. So then for a while, he had two internal monologues. Um, he would have one that was by the writer and then one that was by Deadpool. And yeah. you know, he would he would critique his other internal monologue. Um, so he's always kind of played with the the tropes of the the comic book format. Um, and I remember when this movie was coming out, there were a lot of people who were concerned that like the movie wouldn't do that. Um, but he does. I mean, he breaks he he is in this movie, he's aware that he's in a movie. Yeah. Um and I think that can be kind of jarring if you're not aware that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it works well in this one because he doesn't do it too much. I think I think it could get annoying if he overdoes it. Yeah. But but for the most part, I think it works in in this movie. Um, yeah. H- how do you how do you feel about the humor in this? Like I, I said earlier, that I think most of it ages pretty well. Um. But I think maybe for me, there's like one or two moments that you're like, oh, that's that, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I enjoy the humor. Um, I think it's I think it's there. You know, all of because I watched this last night. I um, I was pretty much you know laughing. Yeah. The entire time. Um, I think it's good. I I love I love the fourth wall break. Yeah. Um. I think that's one of my favorite things in media is when they break the fourth wall and they're just kind of aware of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a moment where <laughs> the, he like, it's like a flashback and cause he's talking about the woman that he is like living with after oh, yeah. like the whole experiment, right? The blind lady. Yeah. And it's there's like a flashback <laughs> to when they first meet, and yeah. 
Deadpool like looks at the camera and he's like, oh, a fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. <laughs> That's like 16 wall. <laughs> um, uh, and so I, you know, I thought that was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that, that plays on to or into the like whole idea that like, you know, that would probably happen in the comics. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's it was very true, I think, to the character. Yeah. I they might have because you know, reading Deadpool comics and then watching these movies and kind of comparing the two, they might have gone a little overboard with the humor. Yeah. But I think I think it's a matter of there was maybe too much, but the humor I think was on par with the character yeah i i think yeah i i I think i tend to agree i think this movie has a really good balance of humor action and sincerity yeah Um, but there are moments where i think some of the jokes just go on like a little bit too long um and i think i don't know i i but i do think the humor works very well like the scene that you're talking about like where he flashes back to the the laundromat that has my favorite joke in the whole movie where, um, you know, Deadpool's telling us he's like, and actually I, I have a roommate and it's a character you've met already. And then it flashes back to the laundromat and you think blind Al is going to say something, whatever. And yeah. instead she just goes, God, I miss cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, that's that one always gets me. That's a that is really good such one. A good joke. Because like you have no idea what she's gonna say. Nope. You think like she's this old, unassuming woman, she's blind, and yep. just like and she's not in the movie that much. She's a she's a pretty big character in the comic book. She's like she's Deadpool's roommate slash his prisoner. Um he he kind of holds her hostage in the comics, which they don't really touch on in the movie. You know, she she only has a couple of moments in this, but every time she's on screen, she is so, like, just hilarious, that character. Like, there's a great moment later where they're gathering up all the weapons, and uh, they're like, all right, is that everything? And then they turn and Blind Al has, like, a (laughs) a big at the two of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then... Uh... I I think my one of my favorite jokes is actually right after that where Deadpool is like leaving mm. and he tells her he like he says um oh, yeah I know what you're saying. I, I buried like 116 <laughs> kilos of cocaine right next to the cure to blindness <laughs> in the apartment. Oh. Good luck. There, yeah, there's another good joke in that scene where right after he steps out um weasel who's who's played by tj miller he looks at blind down and he goes you want to get fucked up (laughs) (laughs) yep um yeah not to uh not not to burst any bubbles unfortunately i did want to bring up um because i like to be mr uh uh, everybody's terrible um yeah uh tj miller is a bad person um i figured uh he he's he's one part creep um one ah. part uh he swatted somebody one time um he called in like a fake bomb threat or something i di- I didn't look up the 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 details of it i just that's just a vague uh, yeah notion that i have but yeah tj miller not a great person Eesh, um, well the, you know the, the other notable uh, person in this 
um, is uh, Angel Dust, uh, yep. played by Gina Carano. Yep. Um, and yep. She, uh, I was a, she, she is really disappointing to me. Yes. Because I was a really big fan of hers. Um, she was, she was like, she was like prepping herself to be like a really good action star. Um, and then she decided to come out as like a weird, uh, right wing Ben Shapiro, uh, Trump supporter person. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, That's a bummer. Yeah. Way to fumble that bag, Gina. Um, yeah. Cause she, she was also in, um, the Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah. She was really good in that. She's great in that. She was good in this. She's good in, um, there's a Steven Soderbergh, uh, kind of low budget action movie called Haywire that she was really good in. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. She, she decided to go that route. I mean, she's, you know, more than well, she's a, an American. She's allowed yep. to do that. Yeah. Um, just unfortunate. That's all. Yeah. Um, anyway, Sorry to bring it down, everybody. Eh. Uh, so this movie, it, it's funny because this came out like just a few years before uh, the Fox uh, studio. So 20th Century Fox was acquired by by uh, Walt Disney. Um, so this is this is technically before the X-Men characters became part of the larger Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, they're kind of in their own world in this. Um, so you don't really get any interactions with other Marvel characters. They're all kind of just the X-Men uh, characters. But I think the two that we get in this are both fantastic. Oh, they're great. Um, namely, we get Colossus. Um, I can't remember that. Uh, there's a... he And Colossus, is, he's a completely CGI character in this. Yeah. Um, but he was portrayed by two different actors. Or three different actors, actually. There was one guy who was on set as the physical body, um, but he was wearing stilts and like some other stuff to oh, make gotcha. him kind of bigger. Bigger, yeah. Um, so then his performance was actually overlaid with a, a performer on set who did, uh, or not on set, on a, a, a green screen who did some like uh, more of the action sequences and stuff like that. Gotcha. And then there's a third performer who did his voice. So. Okay. Um, he's kind of a combination of those three things. And then of course the, the, the CGI effects. Um, and then the other X-Men character we get is a uh, Negasonic teenage warhead. Um, who she is that character in name only basically, um, Negasonic teenage warhead in the comic books is like a one panel character. Yeah. Um, she's in the storyline where if I'm remembering correctly, all the mutants have ended up on this Island, um, and it's kind of their island paradise. And then Negasonic Teenage Warhead has this vision of that island being exploded. Um, <laughs> and and then that happens. And so there's this weird storyline in the comic books where like the only mutants left are like Wolverine, Cyclops, um, Deadpool, and then somebody else. I can't remember. But yeah, so, so Negasonic Teenage Warhead, she really doesn't exist in the comic books, but the writers and then Tim Miller, the director, they were looking through like lists of X-Men characters that they had the rights to and that um, Fox wasn't going to use in a different movie. And they were like, that's a great name. Like what, what's up with that? But they basically gave her a whole new set of powers and a different backstory, um, which is fine. I mean, she's a yeah. nothing character, so it's kind of like you can do whatever you want with her. Yeah. Um, 
and she's great in this. She's barely in it, but she she really makes a, a an impact. I yeah. Think. Um. No, I I love Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Um. She's hilarious. Um. She's a a little bit more involved in the second one. Yeah. Um. Which is really fun. Um. I love her powers. Yes. <laughs> um. They're very fun. Yeah. Uh. And yeah, I Colossus is also not i don't want to say surprisingly hilarious but he is like i think unintentionally funny yes yeah in this um and not like in a like a like a laughing out loud just in like a oh that's that's pretty good yeah um or like that's like an endearing way yeah i mean uh, he's, he's kind of the he's the straight man like yes deadpool's the joking wisecracking you know a hundred jokes a minute and and colossus is supposed to be like he's like the very serious very sincere um, yeah you know there, there's even a joke at one point where where deadpool tells him go be an older brother to somebody like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's it's cool to see that character because damn man he just looks fucking great like that's the he best so that character has ever looked yeah um and one thing I noticed, I uh, watching this, the special effects really hold up, like really well. I know, um, and I think part of that is Tim Miller, who's the director. Um, he's only directed a couple of things, but prior to him getting this job, he was actually a, a VFX artist. Oh, um, yeah, that makes had, sense. He has his own special effects studio. Um, and he's actually, he's the executive producer and he's directed a bunch of the episodes of love, death and robots. Oh yeah. So he, he's, 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 he knows what he's doing in that regard. Yeah. And I was reading a lot of, uh, the behind the scenes stuff and a lot of, uh, people on set were saying that like the nice thing about when you have a VFX artist as your director is your production ends up being a lot more efficient because, yeah he knows certain things like I was trying, I can't remember the specific example they gave, but it was something like, you know, he, he knew going in, Hey, we only need this shot, this shot, and this shot because all this other stuff is going to get cut out. And so he would be like, let's not waste money shooting all this extra stuff. Like, you know, we only need this many shots. Like I'm thinking like a VFX artist, if you shoot right. all this other stuff, you you'll have to, you know, uh animate over it so instead let's just get these five shots or whatever and call and it so, good, yeah. yeah and so one of the things with this movie was the studio only agreed to make it r-rated if it could have a lower budget so this has about half the budget of like a typical superhero movie i think this was made i saw a figure that was like 56 million other places i saw like 80 million okay. um which again, it's a shit ton of money. Yeah. But when you're looking at like in this, even in this time period, like, um, like X Men Apocalypse was made for like two hundred million dollars. Jesus. You know, like, uh, Days of Future Past was like a hundred and fifty million. So they made a really good looking movie with like way less money. Yeah. Um, which is really impressive. And like I yeah. said. You look at it and you're like, this looks better than a lot of the movies that came out last year. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, and that's why I love it so much because it it doesn't feel like well, and okay. 
So, Santi, you know this about me, but yes, I I love the X Men movies. Oh yeah, I will yeah, defend yeah. every X Men movie till the day I die. I think they're wonderful. Um, I love the X Men, and and so the this movie doesn't feel like your typical Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, which I like because all like everything pretty much starting with Infinity Wars and honestly probably some stuff before that, like Doctor Strange and all that kind of stuff were and I'm I'm gonna get so much hate for this probably, but they were mid as fuck. Okay. Like I I I could not stand Infinity War. Nothing happened in that movie. It was so boring. <laughs> Endgame was a clusterfuck, honestly. Uh I I I didn't care about anything happening in that movie at yeah. all. Um and then everything that came after I haven't seen right. because I just I know it's going to be the same shit as other whatever mm -hmm. um and so i just i you know i the 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 for me i really only like like you know the first movie in like a character's like story i guess so like the first captain america right. really really good right the first iron man is okay it's not my favorite, but it is. Uh, I think of the Iron Men. The second one is also okay, but I the first one I think is better. Um, and so you know, but the rest of it, I just I can't stand it. That's um, that's fine. And so, but the X Men movies I love because yeah. they they don't feel like that. Yeah. Um, like I saw x-men apocalypse in theaters like six or seven times <laughs> damn <laughs> um i i love that movie um my my favorite part in that movie is the silver um or um quicksilver scene oh yeah mm -hmm. um if you don't know what i'm talking about go go just go watch that movie it's fantastic um but yeah i i love all of the x-men i love hugh jackman uh yeah. as wolverine um and so and that that's why I love this movie so much is because it doesn't feel like every other Marvel movie. Yeah. Um and yeah, like you were saying, it looks really fucking good. It does. Yeah. Like this like Deadpool suit, holy fuck that looks good. It does. And I mean, I think a good, a, a big part of that is it is a it's a practical suit for the most part. The only thing they really CGI is his eyes. Um, yes. But what I like about it is it feel, it doesn't feel like it, it, it doesn't feel like the comic book suit in the sense that if you read the comics, the Deadpool suit is basically like a spandex. Yeah. Um, you know, it has some pockets on it and stuff. So what they did was translate it onto screen in a way that felt not realistic, but felt tactile, I guess. Like it's yeah. got a, a good leathery, like combat feel to it. 
Yeah. But they didn't go, you know, the Marvel route, like let's say something like Captain America, where it's all, you know, slick and yeah. uh, basically like a combat suit. Like it doesn't feel like, like Captain America's suit. I, I do genuinely really like it, but it does feel like it's basically just a flak jacket with, you yeah. know, the Captain America symbol. Deadpool suit feels comic booky and like kind of impractical, but yeah, yes, it feels tactile and it feels like it, it, it's a good interpretation of his outfit. Yes, um, and I like that. I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a really nice suit, and and I I I appreciate that, especially for like a lot of the action sequences. It is. It is stunt work, right? Like, yes, I, I like that. Even though the the action isn't really the focus in this movie, there is a good bit of it, and the bit that we get feels really nice, and it's nicely yeah. coordinated. Um, you get the sense of what Deadpool can do. You know, he's this mercenary. They talk a lot about he was in the special forces. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he does some flips and kicks and stuff that looks kind of silly, but he feels like a martial artist in a good way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, it's it's a really well put together movie. And it's a shame that the lesson a lot of movie executives learned from Deadpool was make everything R-rated when the lesson they should have learned is let, let your filmmakers have the room to make an interesting movie, I guess. Yes. Like, like this was a passion project for basically everybody involved, right? Like yeah. Ryan Reynolds has wanted to play Deadpool basically since like the year 2000, right? Since he played that God awful one in that, in the X-Men origins Wolverine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, even before that, like that, like a Deadpool yeah. movie has been in development since like 2006. Right. right. And you can tell that he does like the character cares about the character. Tim Miller has, you know, talked about he always wanted to do a Deadpool movie. He's just loved that character. And it's a shame that we haven't gotten more comic book movies that are from people who love the character. Yeah. And are want to do an interpretation of it that is their own as opposed to fitting into a larger universe, I guess. Um, like you were talking about the X-Men movies. I, I do like a lot of the X-Men movies, but my favorite ones are the ones that feel unique. And I think yeah. like, for me, those ones are like, um, uh, I really like the Wolverine, which is the one where he's like yep. in Japan. Yeah, and like, that's a really good one. That is all based on like this really great comic book storyline. Um, and it's got such a unique feeling and vibe to it. I really like Logan. It's not my favorite X-Men movie, but I really like it. Yeah. Um, I really like X-Men. Um, oh, what's it called? The one in the 60s. I can't Days remember what it's called. Past? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. The one before that. Time to Google. X. It's not the third one? First Class. First Class. Yeah. I mean, First Class is, a, is fantastic. But again, yeah. they all have kind of have their own feeling. And I wish more superhero movies leaned that way. Um, like for all the its faults, like I, I don't like this movie, but I appreciate that something like Joker at least tried something. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it tries to be different. That's why so many people like the Batman because yes. <laughs> it's a superhero movie that feels like an honest interpretation of that character. Yeah. That isn't made to just fit into a larger story, I guess. Because I yeah. think that's why a lot of people have started to to fall out of love with Marvel is the individual films don't feel like like individual experiences. They feel like an episode of a TV show, right? Yeah. And people love TV, but people want a full story and a, and a well-crafted story <laughs> that feels interesting and unique. And Deadpool is that, right? Like, I think that's, again, why I like the first one is... If even if they never made another one, it's its own self-contained passion project. It has just such a great like beginning, middle, and end. And you can tell they really just went balls to the wall with it. And I just yeah. I love that. Like that's what yeah. superhero movies should be. You yes. know. Um, that's what all filmmaking should be. It should be, yeah. you know, filmmakers should be allowed to express their vision. And unfortunately, yeah we've kind of moved into this period in, in pop movie making where movies are kind of being controlled by executives more than creatives, I guess. Yes. Which is unfortunate. It, 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 is, really, yeah. it stifles creativity in a really bad way. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's, um, it, it is a shame <clears throat> that 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 is sort of where we're at with movies now um yeah. i i so speaking of the deadpool that is portrayed in x-men origins wolverine oh yes that is a it was a very unfortunate now, at the time I watched that movie, I didn't know who Deadpool was. Yeah, same. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's whoever. Yeah. Um, and because we we don't... We... we if I remember, it's been so long since I've seen that movie, but we, we see Deadpool before they sew his mouth shut. Yes. <laughs> um, and he, like doesn't have his red suit he yeah. doesn't have anything uh and then yeah they like sew his mouth shut and again still doesn't have the red suit right um like he looks nothing like deadpool it's still played by ryan reynolds and yeah it's it's just it's a weird looking back now it is a very strange i don't know why they decided to do it that way i don't know um but i i love that these you know these last two and soon to be three deadpool movies sort of are a redemption for that character and for ryan reynolds yeah um because the you know like you were kind of saying they get to portray this character that they love accurately and how they want right. um, and uh it just it's great and i love in the second one because we are introduced to time travel uh and sticking with you know deadpool's fourth wall breaking 
and just jumping around to wherever he wants. You know, he goes back in time to that movie, <laughs> shows up and kills that Deadpool. Yeah. Um, which I thought was just hilarious. He th- he also goes back and kills Ryan Reynolds. Yes. After he wrote Green Lantern. Yes. <laughs> which again is just hilarious. Yes. And so yeah, I I just I I love this movie. And even with Venom, because Venom yeah. isn't in like the X-Men universe. No. Right? He's in the he's in the MCU technically. No, no he's not. He's not? No. I thought he was. So so just to give everybody a quick summary, I'm just going to throw this all out there and then people will pick apart where I'm wrong, but it's fine. Um, so to take it all the way back to like the late nineties, <laughs> Marvel has constantly been in a state of bankruptcy, right? For Classic. pretty much all of its history. So in the late nineties, Marvel, in order to get out of debt, they sold the movie rights to a bunch of their major characters. So this included the X-Men, it included Spider-Man, Blade, uh, Daredevil, like pretty much all their their key figure characters, right? Well, fast forward a couple of years, the rights were either reverted back to Marvel or certain, you know, movie studios maintained the rights based on the contracts that they held or whatever. Yeah. Well, at the time Deadpool came out, the rights to Marvel characters were basically split between three studios. You had Marvel studios who owned the majority of them. Yeah. You had Fox who owned the fantastic four and who owned X-Men and their affiliated characters. And then you had Sony, Sony, that's right. Sony owns Spider-Man and all the Spider-Man affiliated characters, right? Yes. So venom is a Spider-Man character technically. Yes. So all of the, all, all of the Venom films fall under the Sony Pictures Marvel universe, okay. right? Yeah. So that includes basically like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, the Andrew <clears throat> Garfield Spider-Man movies, Venom 1 and 2, Morbius, the new Spider uh, Madam Web movie that's coming out, um and then uh Craven the Hunter, which is also coming out this this year. Those okay. are all under the Sony Pictures yeah. banner. Right. Where it gets confusing is that the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are a co-production between Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures. Right. Right. So technically, those movies exist both in the MCU and in the Sony Pictures Marvel Universe. Right. To make it even a little bit more confusing, in Spider-Man no way home we see a post credit scene where venom gets transported to the marvel universe the proper mcu yeah but then gets transported back to the sony marvel universe right yes so technically he is in that universe briefly yeah and then he leaves it 
So he is still technically in his own world. Right. Okay. Which has a Spider-Man, but we never see that Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> so we don't know which one it is. Yeah. It's also made more confusing by the Spider-Verse movies, yeah. which kind of make everything one universe, but also not really because, yeah. because the rights still sit with Marvel and also with Sony. So it's it becomes very confusing. To make it, it less confusing, the Fox characters, so those are all the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, those have all come back to Marvel. So they all they own all of those characters now. They can pick and choose what they want to be canon or not canon. Yeah. Um from what it looks like, Deadpool 3 is gonna just massacre all of those like other movies and just decide what it wants to be canon or not yeah um so we'll see uh yeah but yeah so venom's kind of in his own world over here um okay everything else is over here over here okay well in true comic book fashion that's convoluted and fucked up so yeah, it, it makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> um yeah if you're not a comic book fan and i am by no means a comic book fan but i live with a comic book fan i'm currently looking at probably about two thousand comics yeah. in my living living room um you know it's you know several thousand dollars worth of comics um uh from what i understand comics are like they're so fucked up mm -hmm. because things kept getting rebooted yes. or their their things kept getting retconned um like that you know there's the new 52 which is infamous for being the worst like dc era because it it just like retconned a bunch of stuff it ruined a bunch of characters from what i understand and uh and so what what my roommate has always said is if you're confused about something in the comics just google it yes kind of just look it up and read you know if you're confused if you want to know about like a character and you don't know where to start just like read the wiki on the character that gives you a good basis for like who they are and then you can kind of find a run uh yeah. that you want to get into um which will then explain more um if you don't know where to start go to your local comic book shop and just talk with them and they will more than likely be able to help you find a good jumping off point for any one character. Um, but yeah, comics are weird. Yeah. I, I would also say, because I, I would consider myself a comic book fan. Yes. Um, I, I read a lot of comic books. I don't have any rhyme or reason to which ones I read. Um, I tend to read more sporadically. Um, like I, I'm, I'm a, I'm big on like the word you use. I'm big on runs. Right. So I yeah. really like, if I hear that a character has a certain run, that's really, really good. Meaning just a storyline by a certain writer and creator. Um, I tend to read those more than I do. Just pick up a comic and read it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to say too, if you are somebody who really likes comic books, but you don't know a, a ton about them and you want to get into them, your local library probably has a huge repertoire or a huge collection of graphic novels, right? Yes. And generally speaking, graphic novels are just 
five to 10 issues that have been collected into a book, right? And just go pick some up and start reading them. I mean, like, you know, maybe try to find a good, you know, start at number one if you can. Right. But you really can't go wrong. I mean, DC, Marvel have both had good, you know, even even the more independent publishers, like I've been reading a lot of Image comics lately. Yeah. Um, they all have good characters, good runs. You'll find what you like as you go through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and like I said, you know, like Grayson said, if you have a comic book shop near you, you can go there, ask them for for help and advice. Some people will be more receptive than others, but yeah, um, yeah, it's a whole wide, confusing world. It um, is. I mean, we were talking about earlier Cable, like his comic book origin. He is the son of Cyclops and <laughs> a clone of Jean Grey, and he's born in like the the future. And he's an Omega level mutant, but then, which if you don't know what that means, I can't explain it to you. And then go read the wiki, <laughs> go read the wiki. And then he gets this disease that turns his, his skin into metal, but he has mind control powers so he can keep the disease at bay. But then that means he's not as powerful in his like mind powers or whatever. Yeah. But then at some point he gets a hold of, time travel technology so he tries to go back in time and i can't remember who it is he tries to kill to prevent the apocalypse he tries to kill somebody and then yeah. he runs into deadpool and then it just gets confusing um yeah. so yeah just you know it's all like that <laughs> yeah well and, and to, like you were saying graphic novels and like like the bigger books uh, they are a wonderful place to start because those will be just entire runs. Yeah, they'll be self-contained. Yeah. Um, which, like you were saying, great, great place to start. And yeah, it's... Uh, and... Because, like, so my roommate... Oh, my God. I You know, she's got Green Lantern runs. She's got Flash and Batman... Uh, she's got all these like different Marvel runs. There's all, it's just a whole bunch, but she's been engrossed in, in all of that for years now. Yeah. What I like to recommend if, if somebody's like trying to get into comics, just pick one character. Yes. Yes. Pick one character that you really like and just like read like, a, like one or two runs of that character. Right. And then if there's a character in that that you're like, oh, that seems pretty cool. I want to know more about them. Then you can start finding and branching out from there. But, right. but pick one. Because if you try to go straight <laughs> into like the Avengers yeah. or like these huge like, you yeah, know. Don't, don't start with a team up. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Don't. don't yeah. Don't do team ups. Um, I also recommend like find find a run that like you were saying is only like 10 issues yeah right 10 to maybe 15 20 max issues where there's a clear like it starts here and it was finished right there's no more issues coming out for that run it got finished um because there's currently like a flash run that is on like i don't know issue 80 or something it's been going on forever yeah um and that can be a little daunting to get into. 
because it's like, oh man, I have 80 issues and then there's going to still be more coming out. Yeah. Um, obviously you can still get into it. Um, I would say just find a, a contained like 10 to 15 issue run of one character. Do that as a good like starting point because yeah. it won't be too overwhelming. Exactly. Did you have anything else to say about the movie? No, it's it, like I said, it's a fantastic movie. I love it. The one thing that is kind of a bummer and annoys me is that this movie brought out like some of the worst people. Yes. Yeah. Because they don't, it's like the people that think that Deadpool is like this guy that doesn't give a shit and he's like an alpha male and all that. No, he's not. Um, you severely misunderstand the character of Deadpool. Um, he doesn't he he does give a shit. Yeah. Right? He he hides behind this facade of like, you know, you know, using humor and all of this kind of stuff and he is quite crass, but there's a there's a great um a great little scene in a comic book. Forget what it is, but uh there's this girl that's up on top of a building and like she's preparing to jump and Deadpool like talks her down from it. Yeah. Right. And so like he does care. Yeah. It's it's a, and it's so good because like he's still Deadpool and he still like makes jokes but like he talks somebody down from suicide which that's really cool. Um, and you know, like I was, like I said at the beginning, he is a very broken and traumatized character. Um, I I actually have, um, some Deadpool comics where, uh, um, Deadpool gets like, he's like stuck in his own head. Yeah. And there's this. I think she's a cop that takes up sort of the Deadpool mantle and she has to try and help Deadpool out of his own mind. Yeah. Um, And as she's like going through his head and like seeing all of this stuff, it's like, it's rough what he's been through and like what he struggles with. Yeah. Um, And um in canon i will say too he is pansexual yes deadpool is is canonically pansexual uh he's isn't he married to like the <laughs> like death or the grim or like some somebody like that so well two things so one he is sort of pansexual he one of the writers of Deadpool tweeted one time that Deadpool was pansexual. It was yeah. then deleted. Um, and Rob Liefeld, or I don't remember if it was Rob Liefeld or Fabian Nicieza, um, came out and was like, basically said that he is pansexual if you want him to be. Yeah. He, is, he is whatever you want him to be. Yeah. Because what he basically said is like, Deadpool is whatever sexual orientation he thinks he is in the moment like 
you know, if he's if he's hanging out with, you know, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds, all of a sudden he's he's gay. But if he's, yeah. you know, if he's hanging out with with death, he's straight again. You know, it does. It, yeah. He's kind of saying like he's whatever you want him to be. He's if yeah. you want him to be pan, he's pan. If you want him to be gay, he's gay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, which I guess is basically saying the same thing, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yes, in, queer. in the comic books, Deadpool has a relationship with Death. Um, who in the Marvel universe, if you don't know, Death is a woman. Um, she's like this, I don't know, she's a space being. Um, death is also actually, she's, uh, she's got kind of a, uh, will they, won't they with Thanos, um, in the comic books, like <laughs> Thanos is in love with death. And that's kind of why he originally gets all the infinity stones. Um, ah. I think in the movies, they didn't want to explain that. So they were just like, eh, I don't know, just his planet or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the comic books, he, he is actually incredibly jealous of Deadpool because, Death is in love with Deadpool and Thanos yeah. is in love with Death, but Death's not really in love with him. Yeah. Um, anyway, again, comic books are dumb. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fun. Uh, again, not to get into the weeds on Deadpool too much, but if you if you get interested in diving into Deadpool, there are a lot of fun sort of side characters and alternate universe versions of Deadpool. Yeah. Um, for example, in the Marvel Zombies continuity. Uh, there is Headpool, who yeah. um, <laughs> yep. he he is just the severed head of Deadpool. Yeah. Um, he he has full intelligence. He can speak. He's basically one of the only Marvel zombies that um, kind of maintains his intelligence. Yep. Um, there is Dogpool, who um, it he's Deadpool, but he's a dog. Um, there's Lady Deadpool, who uh, she's Deadpool, but she's a woman. Um, there's Gwenpool who is, mm. uh, uh, that is like a joke on top of a joke on top of a joke that I don't have time to explain. Um, <laughs> read the wiki, <laughs> just read the wiki. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of different ones and he's always like killing other versions of himself. And, and, um, there's a great storyline, which I don't recommend you read. If you've never read a comic book before, uh, it's called Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Um, oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Again, don't read that if you have no context because it won't make an ounce of sense. <laughs> but there is a storyline where Deadpool kills everybody, um, including yeah. the Hulk who smashes his head in um, and then he somehow manages to heal from it. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to make sense. It's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, Deadpool's a great... He's a, He's got a great long comics history. Um, Deadpool 3, it looks like, is going to bring in a lot of those sillier characters like we might end up seeing lady deadpool or we might end up Ugh. seeing um uh dog deadpool or, or something like that yeah um yeah uh but that's basically that's basically all i had it, it's a great movie yeah. um i don't regret watching it i had a great time yeah um yeah and i i have this watch re-watching this made me have higher hopes for deadpool 3 than i had previously I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, I just don't, I don't know. But um, considering a lot of the same creative team is involved, I think, I think it'll be good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I have, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. There you go. I, I'm just excited to see Hugh Jackman again as Wolverine. Yeah. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, 
I find it so funny that so in the comics, canonically, uh, Wolverine is like five two, right? Yeah. He is a short king. <laughs> um, he's a small, angry man. Yeah. Uh, and they casted one of the biggest men alive. Yeah, Hugh Jackman's like six <laughs> two or something. Yeah. Yep. Which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Um. But I, I, you know, I can't see anybody else playing Wolverine. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I mean, I we're we're running out of time, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. But yeah. Um. I really love Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, and I'm glad we got it for so long. But I do hope they move on from him at yeah, some point because i i would like i mean not to be this guy because i i generally speaking hate people like this i would like to see a more comic accurate version of wolverine like i would love if they cast somebody short right like yeah people talk all about all the time about like daniel radcliffe or like and i, I don't think him necessarily but yeah somebody like that like a shorter really buff guy i think would be yeah cool like it'd just be nice to see that version of the character um, yeah because i do love hugh jackman and i'm great i'm glad that we've gotten so many movies with him yeah um but also he is approaching 60 and that's true it would be nice to just get a younger person in there um yeah i don't know i but i am glad that he's back i, I think that'll yeah. be fun to, to yeah. see their interaction i hope he's still got it um I'm, I'm i hope so too i think so i mean i haven't seen him in anything lately that i've been like super enamored with but yeah um you know he, he's he's always been good so there's no reason for me to think he won't be yeah but um like i said we are running out of time yeah um so uh what what would you give this movie out of um 10 uh uh francis's Ten Francis's. Um <laughs> like a nine point five. Okay. That's fair. Wow, that's really high, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like like nine I'll say nine point four. Nine point four. There you go. Okay. I uh, like I that feels better. Nine point four. Okay. Yeah. Um I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid eight. Eight, just a flat I like eight. I like it. I think it's very enjoyable. I really like it. I like what it, it does with the character. I like the writing. I'll, some of the jokes just don't land for me. I don't know if it's just because I knew they were coming already, or if they're just not really good jokes. That's um, fair. And then I think, I don't know. I I think. Maybe they maybe they just overdo it with the jokes. I don't know. I feel like it's missing maybe just a hint of sincerity that it should have. Um, even though I do really enjoy the balance that it holds, I think maybe it should just pull back on some of the humor just a just a tiny bit. Tiny bit. Um, I, I that I agree, and that I think that's part of the reason I gave it my score. Yeah, um, I think I think it could use a little less of the wisecracking. I think sometimes it gets to be like overload. Um, yeah but besides that yeah i think i just it's a great movie i it's hard to deny that it's a great movie yeah for sure um but anyway uh now that we've talked about that um what should the good people who listen to this podcast uh 
do once they finish listening to the podcast? Uh, rate it five stars. Give it a thumbs Hell up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leave, a, leave a comment. Share it. Hell yeah. Interact. Just interact. Press all the buttons. Yeah. Doesn't At even one. matter what button it is. Yeah. <laughs> if it launches nukes, press it. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. Press all the buttons. Interact. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok uh and youtube yes um go say hey over there we do have an email we you do. can send us an email we have that google's uh google sheet survey, google sheet thing uh yep. where you can leave recommendations all that kind of fun stuff um ask us questions yeah leave comments interact yeah. with us yeah we'll we'll talk to you on the podcast yeah um yeah yeah that's pretty much it do all um, the things that email uh that grace mentioned that's viva la action at gmail.com yep and then um, at viva la action everywhere else pretty much everywhere else um you can find me on letterbox if you're interested in my personal movie reviews there you um, go i think i i still haven't found my username on there but it doesn't matter you can just search for me you'll find me um You'll find Grayson uh, riding a giant pumpkin like it's a horse. Yep. And uh, you'll find me stashed inside a apple crate on my way to the grocery store. Perfect. Um, that's about it for this episode. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs> Okay, we're in the after the episode episode. Yeah. Um, next week, we have got just a real doozy. Oh, I'm ready. Just a, just a real <laughs> cluster fucking shebang yep. of a film. Yeah. Um, it's a recent discovery of mine that I'm real happy about. I'm having a great time with it. Um, it's called Fight of Fury. Uh, it is directed by one Shuni B. Um, it's also produced by, written by, and starring Shuni B. Um, <laughs> it is from 2020, I believe. Ooh, um, whoa! Yeah, it's uh, it, that's it's, unfortunate. It's it's gonna be an interesting episode for sure. Um, I think Mexican American has found a match. Yeah, in, uh, uh, Shuni B's masterpiece of a film yeah um but that so that's on deck for next episode um so get your get your movie players loaded up if anybody wants to watch it along with us it is available on tubi for free um and it's also available on a certain uh video platform um it starts with you ends with oob 
Um, I don't want to say too much because last time I mentioned a movie being free on YouTube, it got taken down. <laughs> <laughs> which I still cannot believe because that's uh, fucking hilarious. Which for for people who don't know, because I never ended up putting the commentary out, we may have accidentally gotten Mexican American taken off of YouTube. Um, yeah, we went to go look for it and we couldn't find it. Um, so sorry about that, everybody. But uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, if you want to find Fight of Fury, uh, you can go find it. Um, so that's what we'll be watching next time. So, Hell thanks, yeah. Thanks to the true fans for, for sticking through this part of the episode. Anyway. See you. Bye. Bye.